Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. If you're visiting Highway tonight, an extra warm welcome. If you're family, an extra warm welcome. We're so glad that you join us tonight. Hey, I'm going to speak a message, and I've titled this message, Do You See This? Turn to the person beside you and say, do you see this? I'm going to start by reading a chunk of Scripture together, so stay with me. This Scripture is not just a random Scripture that we plucked out of the air, but this is actually our Scripture, our theme Scripture, or our vision Scripture for this year, one of them. I'd like to read from verse 6 of Ezekiel 47. Are you with me? Note to self, turn off the church Wi-Fi because that is issues all for everyone. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning, you can follow on the screens behind me, but it says this, Ezekiel 47 verse 6. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. Everyone say, Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Streams of living, oh sorry, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the water flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Say, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Eglame. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. I want to talk from this passage of Ezekiel 47 tonight. But before I do, I want to share a little bit about where we're going as a church this year. Our senior pastors right here, Pastor Byron and Ann Graham, the only senior pastor we've ever had, nearly 28 years. It's pretty exciting. Easter Sunday, 28 years, stay tuned for that, birthday to come, invitation to come, save the date, it may not be on Easter because that's a bit of a rough time to have a party, isn't it? It's not as bad as you though, Lana, is it? Lana's born on, is it the 28th of February, is that the leap year, I don't even know about that, 29th, so Lana's like six years old, that's pretty cool, her kids are older than she is, that's pretty awesome. Nine and three quarters, sorry, how dare I, she's nine and three quarters. That's pretty cool. How old are you, Mackenzie? 12, yep. <laughs> Daughter's old. I don't know how to work the maths out on that. But um, our, our vision for Highway this year from our senior pastors is grow. They've, they've said that this year is a year of growth. And there's kind of got these three taglines from that with three scriptures attached. The first one is step deeper. And that is this scripture, Ezekiel 47. We believe that this year we're gonna step deeper into the things that God has for us, that we're gonna step deeper into his presence, deeper into his plan, and deeper into his purpose. The second thing we're gonna do this year is build stronger. This sort of ties on last year because the, the season that I've been at Highway, I've noticed that when we prophesy something, sometimes it takes a year before it comes into action. Can you remember that? Remember anyone here for the Uncharted days? <laughs> It's like, couldn't have been more prophetic. It's like for the season that our church was heading into and the world was heading into that claiming this uncharted season and then no one knew what the heck was going on. 
build stronger. It's the book of Haggai. It's that when we rebuild the church after this COVID season or these seasons of lockdown, that we would build stronger. And the third thing is go wider. Isaiah 54, if you've been at highway any period of time, this is a very well-known scripture to us that we would stretch out our tent and that we would expand where God has placed us. But this week on Thursday night, I was at this ACC regional meeting. I know a few of the guys in the room were there. Um, it was down at King's and um, there was this guy there, Corey Turner. He's, he passes a church. It's, I think it's the old, is it Bridgman? Is that the one? Richmond Temple. The old Richmond Temple. Is that the one? Um, it's called Numa Church now. And they've just had a season of revival. They're still in it. Last year when we had our encounter conference, we tried to get this guy to speak at our conference. And he was busy because he was running his own conference. At his conference, they started a revival that's continued to this day still from that conference last year, and he was speaking about it. And after the service, he come and spoke, uh, spoke a prophetic word over Pastor Byron and Ann. And do you know what was really cool? Guess what scripture he spoke over Pastor Byron and Ann? He just said, I see Ezekiel 47 over here. I said, this is a season where you're going to be stepping deeper. This is a, and it's like, and you should have seen Pastor Ann's face. It's like someone had just read her mail. And Pastor Ann's a bit of a private person, if you know. But it's like, she was just like, what? God, you are so good. And then she was like, it was Ezekiel 47 slats. And we were so encouraged as we were driving home from that meeting because God has a plan for his church. Do you believe that? I'm here because I believe that God's got a plan for highway. I believe that when we get a vision for our church from our senior pastors, it's not just a vision, you know, that's, that we throw around. No, no, it's a vision for us too, that this would be a year where we grow, and I want to personalize that tonight. I want to grow in God this year, do you? So what I'm going to do with this Ezekiel 47, those six verses that I just read, I just want to sort of read through and chat as we go. Is that okay? You okay with that? Verse six, it says, he asked me, son of man, do you see this? Church, what do you see? What do you see? Like, I see this is obviously, this is a prophetic dream where, where Ezekiel here was having a vision. And, but, but where do we see ourselves in this? I love it says, hey, son of man, do you see what's going on here? Almost like a you dictate the depth. That's what this is. It's like ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, so deep that you, couldn't, you had to swim. You couldn't swim across it. It was like this torrent. It's like, do you see that there is more available for you in God than what you have received already? Do you see that? Do you, receive, do you see that there is more than what you have experienced in God right now? And it might not look like it did in the past, but God's doing a new thing. Spoiler alert. Another one of our vision years. God's doing a new thing. Do you see this? And then it says, then he led me back to the bank of the river. I was, as I was sort of thinking of this, it's like, I grew up a swimmer. Like, I, I love swimming. I still love the water to this day. Like, diving in the pool with goggles on. I know you need goggles on because that's just a thing. Otherwise, as you squint in, you can't see properly. But when you're diving with goggles, you just feel free. I feel like I'm uncontactable. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about what's going on outside of the pool. In that moment, you get your head under, it's like, it's freedom. But you know what? I can't live underwater. Can you? Dan's tried multiple times, the underwater hockey champion of the world. <laughs> Friends with Chris Hemsworth. If you don't believe me, you can check out his TV show. He's eating a very nice mango, if you've seen it. But you can't live underwater. 
I used to teach swimming training, uh, like learn to swim when I was a little bit older. I used to go to the, the pool straight after school. I used to teach learn to swim and then I used to do squad training after it. It was like easy. I, I got paid and then I did my normal training. But by the end of it, I was like a prune. You know when you're like, you stay in water too long and your hands are just like, so you know what I'm talking about, Sammy, you're a bit of a swimmer. You know, and you're like, you're like a prune. It's like, I've been in water too long. What if there's times to encounter the water or the presence of God, and then there's times to be on the bank as well? I've got a spa at home. It's my lifelong dream to have a spa. I don't know why. I know a lot of people think they're gross, and maybe they are a little bit, but don't worry, I bomb it with lots of chlorine. It's 38 degrees at the moment, and no one wants to swim in it at 38 degrees when it's 38 degrees outside. Can I get an Amen. It's like the last thing you feel like doing is sweating outside than going sweating in a spa. I understand. But as I sit in there with the kids, we sort of do this check of our hands like, oh, have we had enough time in the water yet? No, nah, our hands aren't pruny enough yet. No, nah, they can get more wrinkly than this. We joke with the kids. No, nah, they're not ready yet. We're not ready to hop out. But what if there's seasons to experience God, but then there's seasons to put him to action? In Ezekiel's vision here, there was a time to be and experience and in the water, but then there was a time to go on the bank and put things into action. There's a time to soak and there's a time to work. I feel like sometimes as Christians, we become old prunes of Christians, where all we do is we want experience, 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 but we never put into action the results or the things that we had learned in that experience. We're like on the job trained. There's times to soak, but there's also times to get to work. We've just come back from this trip of visiting other churches and all this sort of stuff, and it was incredible. We had God encounters. We learned so much, especially the way my brain thinks. So like, I was asking lots of questions. I was learning things. I've gotten pages and pages of notes. But towards the end of the trip, all I wanted to do was get back to highway and action what we'd learned. This is what it should be like in our Christianity. That, yeah, God, your presence is so good. But you know what, God? I want to put this into action. I don't want this just to be an experience where I dive in every now and then. No, 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 God, I want this to be a lifestyle that I emulate. I want others to experience what I am, what I have experienced. Our God experiences are meant to be reminded and cherished, but also a platform to minister from. In the Old Testament, when you read your Bible, there's moments when uh, the Israelites set up pillars or or remembrance stones. You know what I'm talking about? One when, um, what's his name? Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Remember when he ran from his brother Esau, afraid, and he's like, surely the Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. The rock that he slept on, he set up and made a pillar as a remembrance stone of what God did. In the book of Joshua, when they cross over the Jordan, they, they, the 12 tribes, 12 people took the big stones from in, in the river, and they set them up on the bank of the river as a reminder of what God had done. You see, there's times to be in the river, but there's a time to go to the bank, and the bank is a place of remembrance. The bank is a place of, God, you are so good, but from now, this experience I'm going to put into action in my life. What experiences have become prunes in our life? Prunes are good for a few things, I've learned. Those of you that are older in the room may, may understand as well. Prunes come in handy every now and then. Coming from a Daniel diet or a Daniel fast, going straight to America, man, a bit of prunes wouldn't have gone astray if you can tell what I'm talking about. <laughs> but sometimes we become prunes because we don't put into action what we've learned. Can I encourage us, church, let's be people that would put into action what we've learned. I don't want to be an old prune that's just soaked in the presence of God but never actioned it in the lives of others around me. 
It goes on there in verse 7. It says, When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on the side of the river. Do you know that there is growth when we position ourselves beside the presence of God? There is growth. I seek opportunities to experience the presence of God. Do you? Sometimes the way my brain works, I really got to steward this. Do you have to do this? Sometimes I can be in a moment and it's like I'm too busy evaluating what's going on in the room or I'm too busy checking out what's that person doing? Why is that light there? What's going on here? And I need to go, no, Slats, you're here for the presence of God and I need to switch on and switch into it. We recently had one of these experiences on this trip where I just encountered the presence of God so evidently. Do you know what the encouraging thing was? It wasn't a song. It wasn't a style. It wasn't even the preacher. To be honest, the, the particular message that I sort of felt, the, the service that I felt the presence of God the most in, I probably connected with the preacher the least, which is interesting. But it was this sense of expectation and faith in the room. When there was a hunger, it was like, not just a hunger, but it was contagious. And when I was around other people that were hungry for God, I experienced the presence of God. We need to be people who would seek opportunities to experience his presence. We recently had man camp. It was awesome. Friday night, all day Saturday, Saturday night, and then John O'Carriage, that's Pastor Jonathan, or Jono, no one calls him Jonathan. Um, he preached this morning at Gilston for the, for the people down there, but it was an incredible time of God encounters. Can I encourage us, church? Next time we do a conference, next time we have an opportunity for you to encounter God, take it. Because our lives transform when we spend time beside his presence. In verse 8, it said, He said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you salty? Who uses that? Or is that just me? I joke about this, like English is my second language. My first language is Bogan. Um, <laughs> Central Queensland, born and bred, represent. Um, but do you use that? I use that sometimes where I hear other people saying, oh, you're salty. Dan, stop being so salty. Sorry for picking on you tonight, Dan, but it's reciprocated a lot. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the more time I spend with God, the less salty I am. The less I come home with an attitude, the more I'm in church. Seriously, the more closer I am with God, the less moody I am towards Kim or my kids or the less salty I am as a, as a person, so to speak. When I spend time with Jesus and in his presence, my attitude, my demeanor, and my worldview changes. Have you experienced this? If you've experienced it a couple of times, can I encourage you, continue to seek it. Growing up in central Queensland, like I said, we, had, we took it personally, our job to eradicate the pest known as the cane toad. Can I get an amen? And I hope I don't get cancelled for saying this. I'm like, am I allowed to say this as I'm thinking? Filter. I remember as kids, one of the funnest things we used to do was just hunt cane toads. We used to plan it all day. We used to make random weapons. We used to have head torches, hand torches. And it'd be like us and all the neighborhood kids, we all used to get into it. We used to all go out and like cane toad hunting was like a sport, wasn't it, mum? Yeah, fact check. You can check with Kim Slatcher, see you later. Cane toad golf, you like that? Dodsy, man, straight out of Townsville, you'd know for sure, bro. That's pretty cool. What's that? Hey? Did you say Gladstone? Gladdy, yeah, cool. Awesome. I didn't realize that. Via Townsville, hey? What am I saying? 
Cane toads, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so we used to create creative ways to eradicate cane toads, but one of the oldies but the goodies, it's a little bit boring when you're a kid, but was just to pour salt on them. You know what I mean? And have you ever done that? I know it sounds terrible, but you're a Victorian, Jill, so you don't understand the pest that is the cane toad. It's like these things don't really live. They exist, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Arch enemy number one, until it comes state of origin time, and then we love cane toads because we call ourselves them. It's like, doesn't make any sense. But too much salt is a bad thing. The right amount brings out flavor. Have you ever experienced that? I remember one time my auntie baked a cake, and instead of sugar, she put in salt. Have you ever, ta- it was like, Tastes like Play-Doh. You know what Play-Doh tastes like? Remember that, honey, Brenda? It's like, I mean, a Play-Doh cake. That's disgusting. You see, the saltiness of the Dead Sea, it was different to being salt and light. The right amount brings out flavor, but too much will kill us. Salty, it's a sign of not enough God in our lives. I like how it says that this water that represented the presence of God, that it, it uh, brought life to dead places. Our job as Christians is to be carriers of his presence and that we would bring life to dead places. Can I get an amen? Verse 9, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Life wherever the river flows. If we are carriers of his presence, his living water, then we should, be, then we should bring life wherever we go. To our work, we bring a bad attitude because we're so tired from church on Sunday night. No, no, we bring life. At our workplaces, we bring life. At our schools, we bring life. At our homes, we bring life. The scripture said that everywhere that the river flows brought life. God sustains them. We live because he first lived. You understand that, right? Everything exists because he existed first. And we are carriers of this life source, this presence of God. And our job is to be ministers of it to our world. Do you know that God is still sustaining our world? Do you agree with that? I believe that his very presence is life-giving. Therefore, I speak over my mind. Do you do this sometimes? No, no, no. I speak over my mind. When negativity or, or tough thoughts come, I speak to my mind. I say, no, 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 I'm not going to entertain that feeling. I'm not going to entertain that thought. No, 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 I speak life over my mind. Maybe you're struggling this, morning, this evening with your mental health. Can I encourage you? Seek help and get some good people in your life. Do those things. But don't underestimate the presence of God at work in your life. Speak over your mind. Say, no, 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 I'm not going to allow that feeling of depression to take hold. I'm not going to allow anxiety to rule my life anymore. His presence is life-giving. I think we need to be people that make time for him. So many times in my life, it's like the busier I get, the more I forget about God. I know that's so obvious. Everyone does that. But then it's like when I go get a check in the spirit and go, no, 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 slats, go back to that place. It's like the time that I do have, the less time that I have because I spent time with his presence is more effective. Have you experienced that? In all my busyness and all my hurriness, I can achieve this much. But when I take time out and I seek God and I get his presence on my life, I can actually achieve more in less time. Next, it says there in verse 9, the end of verse 9, and this is a bit I love. It says, there will be large numbers of fish. Everyone turn your neighbor and say, there will be large numbers 
of fish. JD, are you here, bro? I can see you there with your hat on. Give us a wave, JD. Everyone say, hi, JD. Hi, JD. This guy's like the best fisherman that I know. He's like a sponsored fisherman, this guy. So he's just getting excited at this time in the meeting. He's shaking his head like, slats, don't go there. So if you ever want a good fishing spot, just follow him wherever he is driving. It's probably the secret spots. Green shirt, black hat. There'll be like a line of cars in the car park following him. And I'm going to love this, that it's like this presence of God that when it goes into these dead places, that there will be large numbers of fish. If this is a year of growth, as I was reading this scripture, it came alive in me this week. And I want to prophetically declare that there will be large numbers of fish. In Matthew 4, when Jesus calls his disciples in verse 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, for they were electricians. No, for they were what? Fishermen, help me out here. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. The fish in this people picture are, are a picture of people. There will be great number of fish. As I was reading this, I just felt this Holy Spirit moment that there will be large numbers of people. What we are seeing is a glimpse or a foreshadow of the things God's about to do. I don't say this lightly, but I've been praying. And this is stirring in my spirit. This vision that I spoke about at the start of this message, this grow season, it, it starts personally and individually. But do you know what it translates in? numerical growth of our church. It does. Because when we get passionate about God, it gets infectious. When we seek his presence, others want in as well. When we seek him, it's contagious. We are about to enter a season of exponential growth. There will be great numbers of fish. I believe that we're in pivotal days. God wants to know if he can trust us with large numbers of fish. Do you see this? Instead of son of man, do you see this? Do you see this highway church? That there will be large numbers of fish. In our kids' ministry, I'm believing that there will be large numbers of fish. We've had a luxury of having one of our kids' rooms used as a studio since COVID. Did you know that? Hey, Brendan. Oh, sorry, Brendan. Hey, Caleb. <laughs> Awkward. Hey, Caleb, haven't we? Caleb runs all of our kids' YouTube and all that sort of stuff, and um, they've had the luxury of using one of our kids' rooms for a studio. Do you know what? Not anymore. Do you know why, Caleb? Because it's full of kids. <laughs> we don't have a luxury of spare room when we have more fish coming. If you come to a 9 a.m. lately, you don't have the luxury of getting a good car park. Can I get an Amen. I was talking to an older gentleman at man camp and he had to park on the street a couple of weeks ago and walk up. That's a big hill when you're 65. Can I get an amen? What a great problem to have. Sorry, Pastor Byron's looking at me. He's like, I'm older than 65. Sorry. He was like 108, Pastor Byron. He was so old, this guy. The hill was so big. <laughs> He'd run up, Pastor Byron said. Large number of fish in our youth ministries. Dan and Courtney, where are you, Courtney? Right there up the back, I see that hand. 
at Gilston as you launch Highway Youth at Gilston next term. There will be large numbers of fish. We believe that, don't we? In our young adults ministry, that Dan and Poppy are rebuilding after COVID, there will be large numbers of fish. In our women's ministry, what? Large numbers of fish. In our men's ministry, what? In our connect groups. Literally, we're going to have to split them, and not in a bad way, but in a multiplication way. Why? Because there will be large numbers of fish on our salvation calls. There will be what? Pastor Byron this morning did a phenomenal message. Pastor Byron, if you weren't here this morning, check it out on our highway YouTube channel. But there was like 10 people, was it, Pastor B? 10 salvations this morning for Jesus because... There will be large numbers of fish. In the Alpha course, Donna and Emmanuel, you're here, Emmanuel. There will be what? Say it. I want to hear it from you, Emmanuel. There'll be what? Come on. At Highway Olmo, there'll be what? At Highway Gilson, there'll be what? Online, there'll be what? Do you believe that? Because if you believe it, the challenge is that, <laughs> have you ever been fishing? I love fishing. love the idea of fishing. <laughs> I've been spear fishing with Dan and Scotty a few times. And like when, when you're underwater, it's awesome because you can see everything, right? Obviously. But you can be picky and choosy as what you shoot. But sometimes it's very easy to get a little bit trigger happy. Do you know what I mean? Especially the first time when I'm like, what? There's fish everywhere under there. Normally I've got like bait on my hook and nothing's biting it. But now I can go down there and I can pick what I want. And it's like I'm having a ball. I'm shooting all these fish the first time. And like I felt like I was doing a better job than Dan, right? Which is ridiculous because he's spear-fished a couple of hundred times. But do you know what I realized? I was just shooting the terrible fish. <laughs> I was shooting anything. I was shooting the fish that they're too picky to eat because, you know, they're real fishermen. But do you know what I learned later on in the day after killing all these fish? <laughs> do you know what I learned? That then you've got to gut the things, you've got to clean the things, you've got to fill up the things, you've got to wash the boat, you've got to wash your wetsuits, you've got to wash the guns. And if you know Scotty Russell at all, there's a system, mate. And you don't disrupt the system. So after being up since sunrise, like the sunset, it's gone down, it's 8 o'clock at night, we're following the system of cleaning the boat, washing everything out, filling in the fish, and it's like, man, I just want to flip and go home. <laughs> what am I saying that? All this to say, you know what? If we're believing for large numbers of fish, there's also large numbers of work to do. If we're believing for increase in our church this year, then you know what? We better be ready for discipleship. And you know what? It's not a staff member's responsibility. This is our responsibility as believers in Christ that we would disciple the people that God has given us. Can I encourage you, all of us are called to ministry. I'll say it again, all of us are called to ministry. There's a season for catching fish, amen, but there's a season for discipling fish. There's a season for equipping the fish. It goes on in Ezekiel's vision. It says, because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh, so where the river flows, everything will live. Verse 10, fishermen will stand along the shore, 
I love Eugene Peterson and his paraphrase, the Message Bible. He says, fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder. Can you, get a, can you get a picture of that? What a cool picture, shoulder to shoulder. That's our job as church. But hey, on our watch, we're shoulder to shoulder. No, one's, no fish is getting through because we are shoulder to shoulder ready to catch the fish that God sends our way. The fish will be of many kinds. That encourages me. Does it encourage you? Like the fish in the Mediterranean Sea, but the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Say that with me. The swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. Sometimes we spend so much time in the swamps and the marshes that we forget about what God is doing in our lives now. What is that swamp and marsh for you? Maybe it's negativity. And it's like, your mind always constantly goes there. It's like, can I encourage you? Get, get out of that. That was last year. Move on. Maybe it's sort of um, apathy is a swamp and a marsh for us. Where you, oh, that's great. So that's, yeah, good. Great number of fish, amen. Go home unchanged. No, 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 no. This is all of us. Stay out of the swamps and marshes. What is that for you? Identify it so that we can be prepared to not go there anymore. Part of our Christianity is not only to steward our time, but also our mind as well. To steward our talents and everything that he has given us. Be prepared for many kinds of fish and people that are different to us. I'm encouraged by that, not discouraged. I'm encouraged. Many types of fish. Do you know what I'm hanging out for? A bit of soul on our worship team. Can I get an amen? Large numbers of fish. One thing I've learned in ministry is this. You know what I've learned? Ministry is messy. Ministry is messy. It doesn't fit a nine to five. It doesn't fit my time frames. It doesn't fit my OCD personality sometimes. But like what it says in Proverbs 14, for it says, without oxen, without oxen, a stable stays clean. Can I encourage us, church, if we're gonna grow exponentially, there's gonna be seasons where it's gonna be a little bit messy where people might not look like we think they should look like in church, where people might not act like what we think they should act like in church, where people may look different or come from different backgrounds or think differently or live a different lifestyle. But can I encourage us, our job, church, is to be a church that would what? Accept and disciple the fish that he has given us. We've got a saying at church, it's called get them saved and build them for eternity. You see, sometimes the get them saved part is like my spearfishing. It's fun. We're shooting everything. We're celebrating because 10 people made a decision for God. But you know what? From there, our responsibility is build them for eternity. And it starts with us. It starts with the decision, no, no, no. You know what, God? I'm not living that old way anymore. Yeah, I prayed a prayer, but that's not the extent of my salvation experience. It's a daily decision that I will build my life and those around me for eternity. We need the body mobilized to work. Everyone say work. Who loves work? Oh, thank you. I love that. I think my dad cured me of loving this as a child. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I'm joking. Work's not a four-letter word. It's our responsibility in the season that God's got us in that we would work, that we would work, that we would disciple the people that God has sent in us. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 9, 37, he said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. I love that line, who is in charge of the harvest. I hope you got that earlier in my message, but God's in charge of all of this. 
So if God's in charge of the harvest and He's sending us the fish in this season, let's be people that would pray. It says, ask Him to send workers into His fields. My prayer of this message is not only prophetically speaking that there will be large numbers of fish, but there will be large numbers of workers, that there will be large numbers of disciples, that there will be large numbers of leaders in this place. Let the fruit of your life bring nourishment and healing, it goes on to say, that the trees that are planted by the water, that they produce fruit for food and these leaves that were used for healing. Can I encourage us, church? As we are planted by the river, let us make a difference in our world. I'd like to pray for a few groups of people tonight. The first one I'd like to pray for is those that just need a fresh touch of God tonight. Just like a fresh fill up. I wanna pray for you. The second thing we're gonna pray for as a church is we're gonna prophetically declare for a great number of fish to come. The third thing we're gonna do is we're gonna pray for fishermen and fisherwomen. We're gonna pray for fisher people, for laborers to come. You know what, if this is God's church, then I believe he's gonna send the resource that we need in the season that we're in. And the fourth thing we're gonna pray for is that our lives would bring nourishment and healing to our world. Can you stand with me tonight? If that's you tonight, you just need a fresh touch of God. Right now, I just want you to open your hands like this. And I'm just gonna pray that God would just fill us afresh. Who is that here? Let's lift our hands. If, if you want a fresh touch of God right now, Holy Spirit, as I've been speaking, God, I thank you, Lord, that there is more than what we've experienced. God, I thank you, Lord, that the most greatest expressions of your presence is not in the past, but God, we can have access to it here and now. So God, right now, I just pray, Lord, every hand reached out, God, every heart open right now. God, I just pray for a fresh touch of your presence, Lord. God, what would that feel like right now if you would overwhelm us with the freshness of your presence, Lord? Maybe it would feel like a weight, Lord, like a heaviness, Lord, like a burden, Lord. Maybe it would feel like joy or like it would almost feel like an oil that would cover our physical bodies. God, fill us with your presence afresh right now. God, I pray, Lord, over those areas of our life, Lord, that have become stagnant or dry. God, Holy Spirit, would you touch right now? Holy Spirit, would you bring correction? Holy Spirit, would you identify some swamps and marshes in our lives right now, God? God, we hand them over to you right now. God, what would it feel like if you live in water were to flow right now? God, those areas that feel dead, feel broken, dark in our lives, God, what would it feel like if you were to minister to them right now, your Holy Spirit, Lord? And God, from this place of fresh presence, from this place of freshness, God, we pray right now for fish, Lord. God, we pray, Lord, that there will be great, large numbers of fish, God. That there will be large numbers of fish, God, even right now, Holy Spirit. Would you put faces in our mind, God? Let us see the people in our world, God, that you're calling us to. God, bring people upon our paths, Lord. Send them in as our neighbours, Lord, where we live, God. Send them across our path, God, that you would see people that need you, God, and you would place us, position us to reach them, we pray, Lord. God, we also just pray for fresh fishes, Lord, for more labourers, Lord, for the season ahead. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you're unlocking call of leadership on people's lives, Lord. 
God, that people that may be sitting, God, can I encourage you right now, it's time to step up. It's time to, that we would be co-laborers in Christ, that we would be workers in His field, that we would be the harvesters that He wants for this season ahead. God, right now, if you're calling us to action, Holy Spirit, would you confirm it in our hearts right now, we pray. And God, I pray, Lord, that our lives would bring nourishment and healing in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, right now in this moment, I just think there's a few people here that wanna make a decision for Jesus. What does that look like? It looks like drawing a line in the sand and saying, no, 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 God, I want more of you and less of me. I grew up in a Christian home, but I remember the distinct moment where I prayed this prayer as a teenager. And and it was like, no, 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 God, I'm in now. I believe in you. I believe in your son. I believe what he did on the cross for me. And I wanna accept that free gift of grace, leaving my past and starting a new life in you. If that's you tonight, I would love an opportunity to pray with you. But you know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take a little bit of boldness. It's gonna take you to say, Slats, that's me. That's me, pray this prayer with me. God, I wanna leave my old life behind and I wanna start afresh with you tonight. So can I just ask you right now, maybe just to to help them with their boldness, could we just close our eyes for another moment, bow our heads. And if you're here tonight and you say, Slats, that's me, I wanna make a decision for God. I wanna open my life and I wanna let Him in. I wanna feel what it's like to feel forgiven and set free and I wanna start a new life today. Can I encourage you, church, at Highway, we've got a saying, come for a brand new start. Maybe tonight you need a brand new start. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Would you be so bold so that I could pray with you tonight? Thank you, I see that hand down the front here. Who else? Who else needs a fresh start tonight? Give me a wave, we'll pray, thank you. I see that hand there. Two, three, up the back there, I see that hand, thank you. You can put that hand down over there, I see you, thank you. Who else? Is there anyone else tonight that says, Slats, that's me? Don't miss this moment, friend, I see you, thank you. Awesome, four. Is there anyone else tonight that says, Slats, that's me, I wanna make a fresh stand for God tonight? Awesome. Those four people, who put up their hand, I'm gonna ask you to be so bold. Everyone's got their eyes closed, their head bowed. But what they're about to do is they're about to clap and cheer and go crazy (laughs) as I ask you to boldly step forward. If that was you and you put your hand up, would you come down the front so that I could pray with you, I could connect with you? Just move right now, come right now. Awesome, thank you, come on, come on down. Come on down, bro. Come on down, yeah, come on down, it's cool. You wanna come down too, man? Come on down, it's awesome, come on down. Fantastic. Awesome. Who else are we missing? Am I missing anyone? Did someone else put their hand up? Awesome. Are you ready to pray? I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. Our whole church is gonna repeat after me. But guys, if you want a fresh start, starts here. Pray this with everything that you've got. Are you ready? Let's all pray together, church. Dear God, tonight I open up my heart and I ask you to come in. Jesus, I acknowledge you. 
that you died on the cross, made a way for forgiveness and freedom for me now and the life to come. Today I choose you. And from this day forward, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Take my life and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Awesome. Fantastic. Guys, if you need a barber or anything, we'd love to give you one before you rush off. But why don't you come, Poppy? Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.